This is episode number 244 on the Rising Man podcast with Dr. Mike Isix. Humans are operating on average at 60 to 70% of our capacity. What's up, Rising Man family? Jetty Azuma here with another episode of the Rising Man podcast. I'm so stoked to introduce my guest today. So without further delay, Dr. Mikey Isaacs has been a practicing chiropractor for 16 years, honing and cultivating his unique methods. He started in Los Angeles before moving to Austin in 2022, where he initiated his practice, Modus Chiropractic, Center for Conscious Movement. Over the years, Dr. Mike has taken care of numerous high-profile athletes and celebrities, allowing them to perform optimally in their respective professions. Mike is a father to two amazing boys and his beautiful wife, Adba. In this episode, Dr. Mikey and I dove deep into just a general understanding of chiropractic medicine. I know a lot of people out there think that chiropractics is all about cracking necks and these YouTube channels where they put microphones on people's backs and get pops and get views for all that. There's so much more to it. And we dove deep into what chiropractic medicine actually is and why it's so essential to optimizing our health. He helped us to understand how the nervous system is actually the source of all function and dysfunction. We talked about the nerves and how they come out of the spine and if they're pinched in any way or obstructed in any way, that it's going to affect our overall performance in other areas of our bodies. And then we took the conversation in a different direction. We started talking about why is it that men don't prioritize our health as much as women or as much as other humans do. We dove into provider archetypes and warrior archetypes and recognized that there's a lot of this story that doesn't really serve us moving forward. And last but not least, we took the conversation a level deeper into looking at how traumas and other life experiences get stored in our bodily tissues and how having good, healthy function in our nervous system, physiologically speaking, is going to empower us to take on greater and greater challenges. In lives. So all of that and so much more, but without further ado, Dr. Mikey Isis. All right, Rising Man family, I've got one of my favorites coming on the show today for the first time, Dr. Mikey Isaacs, the good doctor here in Austin, Texas. What's up, bro? What's up, Jetty? Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to have you here, man, because you are such a well and wi of wisdom and information that people who listen to the show just have to hear. Plus, we, we haven't really gotten to jam in like long form, even in our private lives in a long time. So this will be fun. Agreed. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. So you've been busy opening a practice for the past year. You're a father, you're a husband. So you've had a lot going on, man. I'm just going to crack all of those responsibilities off the table and ask you this first question. So here it comes mm -hmm. for you, Mikey, what does it mean to be a man? What does it be? What does it mean to be a man? Uh, for me, it looks like the rock, right? Just being the rock, the, the stabilizer, um, the one where, you know, my wife can come crashing down on me and everything's fine. Um, my kids can come, you know, with a breakdown, everything's fine. Um, just holding it together, but at the same time, you know, having grace to, to break down and show emotion at the same time. Um, so yeah, having that, that fine tuned balance, uh, to dance with, uh, that's really what it comes down uh, to for me. Yeah. And so where did you get that from? Because that's a pretty popular perspective. I think a lot of men have that orientation around what it means to be a provider and a protector, the the rock for the family. Mm -hmm. Where did you get that from? 
I'd say I got it from my dad. Um, he was a, he was a role model for me, uh, of course, growing up, um, and just other influences, you know, family, uh, it's what I've been around. So that's what I've kind of adopted in terms of my personality, my persona and the way I, I approach life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, man. I met your dad. He's a great man. He's a good, good person to model after. And, and I certainly see you bringing that and passing that on to your two boys. Um, before we start digging into your personal life a little bit more, just give us a general background. Obviously, folks heard on the intro that you're a chiropractor. You've been practicing for 16 years. I think on your website, I saw like how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of adjustments you've done, man. You've, you've cracked a lot of thousand or so. Yeah, I do a lot of adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us what's, what's your unique perspective? Because obviously everyone out there has their own idea of what chiropractic is. How do you see it? Yeah. Great question. Um, it's a it's an alternative healthcare approach where I'm more of a traditional and corrective care chiropractor. There's so many different types of chiropractors out there, but um, what I do is I, I focus on location and correction of spinal misalignments. The word specifically that we use is subluxation. So it's a unique Latin word. When you break it down, sub meaning less. Lux meaning light, Asian meaning in expression. So less light in expression, essentially blockages within the spine that are interfering with communication pathways between the brain and the body and vice versa. So my job is to restore normal spinal motion, take pressure off the nervous system so it can function better as an entire system. Oh, see that that's a great breakdown right there. I, see, I already learned something. I didn't know what the breakdown was. That's great. And I think yeah. the image that comes to mind when I think about this, especially in my background as a physical therapist and having explained mm -hmm. this to thousands of patients myself is mm -hmm. it's like when a garden hose gets kinked up and you just get mm -hmm. the water trickling out. And then when you can free up that kink, you get your full flow. And exactly. obviously the, the corresponding relationship between the nervous system and the connection to to headquarters up in our brains, mm -hmm. you're not getting enough electricity to all of these parts of our bodies. But I think people underestimate how important that function is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And most people, they hear chiropractic, they haven't been properly educated about it. So they think, you know, they're going straight into cracking and popping to get pain relief. And yes, that's what brings a lot of people into chiropractic offices, right? They feel better. It gets a lot of views on social media. You know, so, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, treating pain per se is not my intention. So the way I go about it, I actually go to the source, right? Where the bones are stuck, get them unstuck. And with that, with proper function comes a decrease in pain, uh, improving motion, life, biomechanics, structure. Yeah. Well, I, for the first time, and everybody will know this by the end of the episode, I'm, I'm currently under your care right now and, and so happy to be. You're so such a wizard at what you do. I really mean that. Um, Thank you. But I first went under chiropractic care with uh, another chiropractor when I lived back in California. And what I didn't appreciate during that first round of chiropractics was just how how much of a difference it makes to have greater and greater function from my nerves, the, the, literally the branches and the tributaries that go from my brain all the way out to every other part of my body, thinking about digestion and literally every bodily function mm -hmm. depends on the information that's coming from the brain. 
and the information that's going back. So I, what do you think is the relationship to how, well, let me ask you this way. How poorly are, is the average human functioning because of these unknown subluxations that they're having in your opinion? In my opinion, I would say people are functioning at approximately 60 to 70% of their potential from a nerve function standpoint, uh, just based off of my years in practice and you know where I've seen people go just from a, an overall function and motion standpoint, because we do test motion right throughout our care to make sure that we're getting objective results as well as subjective. Uh, I also do motion study x-ray so we can actually see on film you know, where the bones are moving properly, where they're not. We do pre and post typically so we can see the changes uh, there as well. So, and that's on average, right? Because there's some people that are really messed up, right? Like, and they don't even, they, maybe they don't even know it because mm -hmm. when I was in the, in the physical therapy world, we used to say that pain is a fourth quarter symptom. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, that doesn't always come on earlier at the moment that there's some sort of pathology. But yeah. to, to, to think that people are operating at 60% of their healing capacity, 60% mm. strength, 60% of their motor function, right? Sensory, mm -hmm. digestive function. Yeah, it's just power, power supply, right? Those nerves are the power supply to these muscles, tissues, organs, glands as well. So, I mean, oftentimes we'll find misalignments in the spine where there's no associated pain. And it doesn't surprise me, but it oftentimes surprises the patient Right. And I think of it as like silently choking the communication pathways. Um, yeah. To, to whichever organ tissue gland that those, those nerves are supplying. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I really appreciate that you did when I came into your office was obviously the objective measurements, but just the breakdown when, when you actually took all the images and you helped me look at where things were out of place, I could see where the, the, the garden hoses coming off of my spinal cord were getting mm -hmm. pinched. And lo and behold, here's some of these symptoms that I've just been chalking up to coincidence, but you can actually mm -hmm. sit back. So where do you, where do you see the, the, where you have to blend the objective and the subjective worlds, especially when it comes to care, what somebody's experiencing and how that relates to how they're doing overall in their lives. So there's definitely an overlap throughout the entire process, right? You're going to have subjective findings improved you're going to have objective findings improved at different levels sometimes people take a few steps back objectively right even subjectively and then they'll take some strides forward so it's a whole process and that's why we typically have people on what's called a corrective care plan where the body needs these repetitive reminders within you know a short time span to make a true structural corrective change and with that, you know, the subjective or the symptoms, right, will improve or, or dissipate um, as we approach that uh, towards the end of their plan. And then it's more about finding, hey, what's your magic wellness frequency, right? Maybe it's you're popping in once a month or popping in once a week. You know, it, the goal is to not have to see you, you know, here as often. So um, I want you getting your life corrected, getting your, your spine corrected and going about your daily business. Right. And that's another thing I appreciate about you, which I don't see in other areas of medical and healthcare worlds is that you want people to be performing optimally. You know, we, we want to emphasize prevention here is, is what I gather. Cause, um, I, you would know than I would, right. It's, it's a lot easier to keep Humpty Dumpty from falling than it is to put them back together again. 
yeah, absolutely. It's a lot cheaper to take care of your health in advance before it breaks down, right? Sick care is a lot more expensive than, than uh, wellness care. For sure. One last question before we take this a few layers deeper. Um, so yeah. tell us about your practice that you've opened up here. You're doing a fantastic job. You've been, you haven't been even been open up, up a year and you're the hottest ticket in town, at least from, from what I hear. Um, Thanks, man. Tell us about the name of your practice and the philosophy of your practice and what makes you different than perhaps other practitioners. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, called modus chiropractic, another Latin word meaning movement. So what I've created is a, a center for conscious movement. So really important that after our, their, our patients get adjusted, that they know how to move with a biomechanical intelligence to avoid recreating the same imbalances that they came in with. So they have very, very they have very specific movement sequences that they'll do here uh, in the office or be on a vibration plate, which does something called improved proprioception. Proprioception is your brain's knowledge of where your body is in space at any given moment. So the more, uh, the better your proprioception is, the less prone to injury you are when you're stressing the body, working out, things like that. So I recommend uh, vibration plate therapy to, to everyone, whether you're under chiropractic care or not there's so many other benefits to it and then we also have i don't like the word homework but movements to do at home uh created an entire movement course with the personal trainer uh, mobility stretching and then finishing with strengthening because if we don't get these muscles and ligaments nice and strong around the new structures that we're creating here where do you think the bones are going to go right mm. right back into the their old altered state of alignment so that's really what what we're all about here, correcting you know areas where people have lost curves, say in their neck or in the low back, doing our best to to get some regeneration back into the discs, hydrate the discs, and of course optimize the signaling pathways uh, throughout the body. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, as we know, our, our our audience is primarily men, and I know there was a particular theme that I wanted to address with you. You've, you've been a practitioner for over 16 years now, and you've seen it, man. We know that men just don't prioritize their health as much as women do. That, that's a very general broad stroke, right? Okay, I'm sure there's some mm -hmm. men who are really devoted to their health, but- right. Number one, have you noticed that? Have you also, have you seen that trend? Is that confirmed in your work? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, I can confirm that uh, being that over the last 16 years, I'd say my practice has been 70% women. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely a trend there. And I know there's so many factors that could go into that, but you know, the whole, um, the man taking care of his family before he takes care of himself mm. recurring theme. And I know you and I have touched on that briefly. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard to say exactly why that is, but something ingrained in our physiology as men, right? Hey, it'll go away or I'll just slap some ice on it and I'll be fine. Right. That type of mentality. So, uh, I think that's shifting though. I think I agree with you. I think it is changing. I think there's some of that warrior protector provider mentality. I was with all the stuff in the news about the Titanic right now. I, I automatically think about the movie and, um, you know, let's say women and children, right? Like women and children mm -hmm. holds first, you know, men can go down with the ship. There's, there's almost this culture of disposability around men that often isn't talked about enough about how 
Um, and this is a conversation I've had on other episodes too, where there's this cultural expectation that men will be the ones to sacrifice first, to lay their lives down on the line. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that for my family. I think any father and husband would do that. And I think that is part of our responsibility, but it's amazing how it trickles over into other things where we don't have to, I don't have to sacrifice my health and well-being for the health and well-being of my wife and my kids, but we do it anyway. Right. I mean, do you see the same Mm -hmm. thing? For yourself and others? I do. I notice I definitely do it. I'll get my wife into whatever practitioner I can before me, uh, you know, and, and I put myself on the, on the back burner and it is a recurring theme. Um, and it's definitely something to dive into deeper as far as the roots, as far as why, why is it happening that way? Um, yeah, it's something to explore. Yeah. Well, I mean, here I am, man. I'm exhibit A, right? <laughs> we, you got yeah. here in Austin. I remember I was I was texting you when you were making your way out here. I was like, Mikey, when are you coming? My back hurts so much. Mm-hmm. And um, and Carrie was going through it as well. We were both like, Mikey, before you even got the practice up and running, we were like, can we come over? And mm. and just prioritizing her treatment and and being able to see you and work with you over mine was mm-hmm. it was natural thing to do. So I, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. Now, I do think that there's a time to to be discerning. I mean, she she definitely required your assistance more than I did at that time. But I also know that there's there's a part of me that gets to out myself that mm-hmm. I, I compromise my sleep, I compromise my food, I, I compromise a lot of things by prioritizing my my wife and kids. And I think the biggest distinction there is I don't think I actually have to do that. Mm-hmm this, it's this muscle that I've worked so much over and over. I wonder what, what have you noticed about yourself? Even if you just reflect on that for you, how does that show up? Yeah. Like you describe it as a muscle, right? This is just what, how we've wired ourselves as far as what we've been doing with our lives, right? How we take care of our families, uh, what we prioritize, I think is really what it comes down to, right? How, do we want our wives to perceive us, right? Do we want them to perceive us as the caretakers of them and the caretakers of our children? Or do they? Do we want them to pretend, potentially perceive us as selfish by taking care of ourselves first and not, not the family? So mm-hmm. different perspectives, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, there's, there's obviously the internal perspectives and, and what our partners might think, but also the, the outside world right? Like the perspective, mm-hmm. how much, uh, how much value we put into the beliefs or the opinions of others. Like, Oh, there goes Jetty again, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of himself before he takes care of his family. Mm-hmm. As, even as I reflect on that or say it out loud, I think that that's much more of a story in my own head than it is a story that other people are having. And, and certainly one that's way on this other end of the spectrum, you know, I'm, t- yeah. I'm just talking about basic taking care of myself, like getting a little yeah. more sleep, getting to the gym yeah. as often as I need to, eating healthier. And I make excuses that, you know what, now that I think about it, there's probably also a part of it for me that uses that as an excuse not to mm. take care of myself. I wonder if, um, there I go. Yeah. Matt, is that something you notice for yourself too? A hundred percent. I'm happy I could be a mirror to, to help you discover that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm right there with you. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Well, there we go. We, we outed ourselves. So everybody else out there is listening. It's, it's okay. You can come out. Yeah. And, and own it. Okay. Um, 
I, see, I really love the nervous system too. Um, a lot of people who follow my wife know that she's been really, really going deep into understanding the nervous system and, and how that our experiences of trauma and just life experiences in general shape our decision-making and our perceptions moving forward. Now, obviously you're much more grounded in the physiological, the science of the nervous system, but I wonder if you've ever spent some time reflecting on the nervous system and the obstructions that could exist there and how they may affect us on more of an emotional level when it comes to mm -hmm. traumas and navigating things like fear and anxiety in our lives. Absolutely. I mean, given the fact, you know, we've got 31 pairs of these spinal nerves, two on each level, and they all branch out and go into different muscles, tissues, organs, and glands of the body. Our spine will go out of alignment due to these different stressors, like external stressors in our life, you know, physical, chemical, mental, emotional stressors. And it's really an, an accumulation of these stressors over a lifetime, if you've never been adjusted, right? Where the spine actually goes into these chronic contracted positions, back to that word subluxation. And not only does it create pain, because pain is what, like one one thousandth of the nervous system's capability or um, job really, but it's, it's looking at, you know, how does it affect the overall system signaling pathways just from the brain to the body, right? You want your liver sending signals to the brain, like, Hey, it's, it's going to fail. Here's a pain signal. But if there's a blockage at that level, that's talking to the, to the liver, it's not going to send that signal. Like you were talking about the garden hose, right? not mm -hmm. getting the signal up to the brain saying, Hey, take care of your liver, right? Go to a doctor, go get it checked out. Right. So we want all these signaling pathways and it's not just pain, right? It's, it's mental, emotional, it's signaling, it's response, right? Your fight or flight response, your adrenal function, right? stress, people who are, who are just flooded with stress hormones, they can't lose weight. So it's all encompassing. Uh, from a nerve function standpoint, nervous system is everything. The spine protects it. I wonder, have you, have you done much research into polyvagal theory? I know there's a lot of uh, attention on the vagus nerve and how, mm -hmm. much, how much involvement it actually has through the rest of our bodies. I actually have not done a ton of research into that. Uh, you know, I like to keep my <laughs> my track on on chiropractic but you know of course it's it's related in terms of spinal function body function um but you know i'll admit that i'm not well versed on that well even even what about yourself you deep into somebody yeah i mean it's it's definitely something that i've scratched the surface of i, w I definitely wouldn't call myself a specialist um and mm -hmm. i always try to take my understanding of something and simplify it as as appropriate for people. I think the real message is just how interconnected these different experiences that we have are when oftentimes we try to compartmentalize the part of me that's afraid of this relationship that I'm in in my life versus um, discomfort I'm having somewhere else in my body. Uh, I think it's where we make that connection between the emotional and the physical that mm -hmm. is where the conversation is, is really ripe for having. Um, a lot of my teachers that I've worked with in the somatic space, they talk about how these traumatic experiences get stored in our bodily tissues. And for some people, it's hard to wrap their minds around, right? Like, how do you mm -hmm. package a trauma and stuff it somewhere in like my left bicep, <laughs> right? It's not, yeah. it's not so literal, but, but mm -hmm. the, the energetic, right. Of where 
this this information is, is is residing inside of this body somewhere and my body has learned how to access it or not or compartmentalize it or not and so mm-hmm. i wonder is there anything that you notice in terms of um like releases like big emotional releases for people or yes. um you know past traumatic memories that come up as part of your work mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that you say that because uh, after i go over uh, someone's x-rays, they may be getting their first adjustment. For some people, it's their first adjustment ever. So for some people, it's a lifetime of these stored emotions within their body. So by unlocking the spine, oftentimes it unlocks those emotions. So uh, I've seen <laughs> a wide range of, of reactions. I've seen crying. I've seen laughing uncontrollable. Um I mean, that's I've a nicer seen, reaction than the crying. I bet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The hilarity. I mean, uh, all kinds of funny words <laughs> subconsciously being released. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a huge it's a huge. I guess the word would be catharsis, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah man. Well. Let's see. Let's let's take a little bit of a turn here, because obviously within the scope of this podcast, we're we're interested in helping men become the best version of themselves. And so we talked a lot so far about misalignments or incongruencies inside of the body, problems that can be existing within this really important power supply that we have. When you think of it and you and you put it, because obviously you have uh, a background in men's work, you've been involved in that community for a while now too. Where do you where do you where do you see chiropractics and and just in general the the scope of healthcare you have serving men in stepping into their highest potential so where i see it um having a massive benefit is more performance and signaling uh, really being able to men really being able to step into their power um you know without fear uh, just making sure that everything's firing properly from a nerve function standpoint to allow them. Like I take care of a lot of coaches, obviously like yourself and you know, you're coaching someone you need to be on it for them. Right. So if you're not firing properly, how are you going to get the the message across uh, to them, right. To elevate their lives. So a lot of it is a ripple effect um, that we have here, you know, big time coaches taking care of people all over the world. Right. So, I want them functioning optimally so they can, you know, pass, uh, pass on the good, the good vibes as it were, um, to the rest of the world. And I also think about the, the name of your practice modus, right. Movement, right. Motive movement. Mm-hmm. So important having full range of movement when the way I translate that in the somatic and embodiment work is access to greater possibilities. If I'm mm-hmm. a rigid and tight and stiff person who's limited by tight tissues, pain, whatever you want to call it, then there's literally less physical and physiological possibilities for how I move in my world. And I've, I've found in my work that that always equates to the limitations and possibilities a person has in their emotional world, in their spiritual, mm-hmm. in their energetic world and how they interact with people. I mean, anybody can sit down on a computer and just move a few fingers and, and have a lot of mm-hmm. impacts on the world these days. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. you do by just punching and punching keys on a computer, right? The energetic body that's capable of holding 
and possessing possibilities and being available mm. for chaos, destruction, breakdown. And then the other side of the scale too, there's, there's, a, there's still the need for a physical body to hold that. Right. Right. And then, yeah, you're right. That's where movement comes in. And that's why it's such an integral piece, right? Great that you're moving, but if you're stuck and the nerves are being choked and there's no optimal biomechanical function, how are you going to get the most out of that movement? Right. So they go, they go hand in hand. We unlock things and then teach you, teach you how to move properly. Uh, so you can take that no, not only here, but you know, into your daily life. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, uh, if there's even a, a life practice or a life philosophy that the way that you approach your work is informed by, or, or maybe it's even just your own personal philosophy about how, how one navigates the world informed by your background in chiropractics. That's a great question. I may have to ponder on that one for a moment. So I, I approach life more as a student, right? I don't try to be an expert in anything other than what I'm trained in, uh, but I'm definitely a student in all areas, right? I'm big, big into biohacking, right? So learning about ways to hack my biology, um, to have less stress on my system overall, improve longevity, right? Eating well, right? So big on like carnivore style of eating organs, uh, grass-fed beef, you know, uh, free-range chicken. That type of approach is, is more just lifestyle, holistic, right? I go to acupuncture, get massage regularly. So it's not just one discipline, right? It's just, it's it's a holistic approach to health, healing, and, and wholeness, really. Mm. Yeah, I really like that, man. That's another thing I really appreciate about you is that you're. I see some people they get locked in to a particular way uh like for example i'll talk about martial arts as the metaphor Mm -hmm. right um in in mixed martial arts you can't be good at just one thing even if you're the best at one thing if you're not if you can't speak the language of the other disciplines in mixed martial arts then as soon as somebody who can who's ordinary at wrestling if you don't wrestle then they take down on the ground and your striking is not going to do anything I think that that diversification of skills and knowledge and abilities is what really makes us more resilient and more tolerant of that unknown future that's facing all of us. I mean, I also think about dogs, right? The mutts are the ones that have mixed genetic composition are the ones that are, tend to be the most resilient, the most sturdy, the ones with the least mm. genetic deformities or mutations. And so there's something mm. to this diversification of a being that is really valuable. And I, I know, I know that many of us could be doing a better job at that. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page there. And they're same page. Yeah. Uh, so what else about chiropractics or just your perspective of overall health and wellness that have we not touched on yet? Is there any, any other message, whether it's specifically for men or just people out there who are listening that you'd really like to make sure you drive home? I think I, I feel like I touched on, on the majority of it, obviously optimizing nervous system function, you know, making sure your spine is aligned. If you've never been 
checked by a chiropractor, go get checked, find out where you're out of alignment, see where those misalignments could be, you know, affecting overall function of your body systems, do your best to get that handled and then make sure you're moving properly with the, within the normal biomechanical ranges, um, you know, throughout the spine and movement outside of, of your workplace, right? Even at your workplace, standing uh, ergonomics, right? Workplace ergonomics is huge. Stand, standing workstations, huge. I recommend them to everyone. If you're not in a standing workspace, get an active sitting ball, one without a back. So that way you're not losing the curve in your low back every time you sit down. Uh, maintaining that nice anterior pelvic tilt so we can get that, that curve and maintain the disc spaces in the low back so they're not jammed and, and wearing down over time. Um, but yeah, just be conscious of what you put in your body, be conscious of what you put in your mind, and live well. That's awesome, Mikey. Well, before I cut you loose, I'm going to put you through the lightning round like I do everybody else. So here's a few questions. Just first go with your gut, you know, real right to the point answers. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. So what's one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? <laughs> it's a journey, not a sprint. There you go. Yeah, go back and tell my 18-year-old self that too. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Integrity. And what do you believe the world needs most from men right now? Support and leadership. Yeah, I like, I like that. The one-two punch. All right, man. Last but not least, tell all the good people where they can find you, follow you. I uh, Obviously, the whole Austin community should be flooding through your doors to get on your table. Um, but yeah, give us all the information so people know how to get in contact. Yeah, we're uh, Modus Chiropractic in South Austin. Uh, you can find us at uh, modusatx.com, M-O-T-U-S-A-T-X.com. Uh, we're also Modus ATX on Instagram and, uh, yeah, best way to reach us. Yeah, man. Well, I know in short order for all of the Austin locals out here that there's going to be other Modus, Modus locations popping up. I, I could, I could just see it, man. I, I think that your particular method and style of treatment is just bar none high and above, uh, the other practitioners that I've seen. So you're, you're a modest and humble man. So somebody has got to say the truth. Thank you, brother. I also, yeah, I also want to give credit to, to my cousin who, you know, he, he took me under his wing for the last 15 years in Los Angeles. Um, Dr. Jeremy Brooke, right. Big shout out to him. Cause without him, I, I definitely wouldn't be here. So. Okay, cool. Let, let's shout yeah. out the clinic. Let's shout out the clinic in uh, LA too. So if there's any LA folks, they can go check. Yeah. It out. The life center chiropractic, or you can look on Instagram for spine checker. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Well, well, Mikey, you know, I love you. You know, I believe in you. I'm so grateful for what you've done to help my wife, to help myself get back into better health. And um, yeah, man, here's to another 50,000 cracked backs and necks for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an honor, Jetty. Uh, happy, happy to take care of you and your family. Uh, love you too, brother. You, you've been a massive impact on me and my growth. So I appreciate you. Yeah, likewise, man. Well, we'll bring you back on here in the future to see how things are going. Um, but yeah, man, keep doing with the good work that you do and look forward to having you on again soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much. 
right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Mikey. Make sure if you're here in Austin, you get yourself over to Modus Chiropractic. And if you're not in Austin, then make sure you follow them on Instagram because I know that they're going to be popping up in a neighborhood near you soon. So go check them out. And while you're over there cruising around on your telephone or on your on your computer, make sure you go over to risingman.org and see everything that we've got going on over there. Thank you so much for being such a supporter of the Rising Man movement in all the ways that you do. Please tune in next week and check out everything that we got going on here. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.